We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How are you doing tonight? Glad to have you with us on a crappy night outside <laughs> where we are. Crappy day outside. Y'all, it's terrible. Where we are. It's just been brutal all oh, day long. Spitting my, cold rain. And, my kid uh, had track practice outdoors, so he is a drowned rat right now up in a hot shower <laughs> just trying to warm back up. Sounds like a good place to be. Let yeah. me ask you, what would you rather have, Vince? Would you rather have it like snowing eight mm. inches right now or cold rain? Which, which do you prefer? I will go with cold rain only because that means tomorrow it might not be raining. If there's eight inches of snow, it's still going to be there tomorrow. So that's the only reason. I think cold rain is more annoying in the in the moment. But like I can't stand cold rain. I, can't I, stand I hate cold it. Rain. Yeah, it just like cuts right through you. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. But like that means tomorrow, though, it could be nice. You know, like. The snow is going to stick around for a while if it's snowing. So yeah, but I mean, once you get the you know once you get your driveway or whatever cleared, whether the snow sticks around, it's like that's true. That is true. Much at that point, that is true. I I was talking to uh, our buddy uh, Miller uh, last night because he was he was calling the Mishawaka Penn game, right? Of course, he's a he's the softball coach at Mishawaka, and uh, you know we're talking about the weather, and he's been able to get outside and all this. He goes, you know what this means, though, right? He's like we're going to be canceling all of our games in like March and April because it's going to be terrible weather. I was like, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it means. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, uh, hit the like button if you would, as you're uh, coming in, we got off to a little bit of a later than usual start. I we guess did. we were actually talking on the we back. Had a special end guest. We had a special the boss. guest. That's right. Brian <laughs> popped in and you know, we've, we've got this news just coming out right as the show is getting ready to start, and you know Tommy Guns agrees with me. He'll take the the snow over the freezing rain, and I just mm. I cannot stand freezing, especially it. if you've got to be outside in it. You know, it's one thing if you're inside and it doesn't matter, whatever. But um, so Matt Luke has yeah. interviewed with Notre Dame. Irish Breakdown is reporting this afternoon, and sounds like things went pretty well. Former Georgia and Ole Miss offensive line coach. He is only 46. Right. He actually retired last year. So he did not coach last year. He's got 
young sons, like uh, what what one right around teenage and the other like eleven, maybe something like that. Is that eleven right? to fifteen? I believe eleven and fifteen. Mm -hmm. So, yep. uh, really, you know, I think he would be a really good choice if they can get him. Uh, you know, based on the background that he, especially when you're coming out of, you know, you coached at Georgia, won a national championship in his last season as an offensive yep. line coach. So, you know, again, I think it would be very interesting. And, you know, again, this is mailbag night. So hit us Let's up with go. your questions tonight. Regardless, questions, baby. Whether it's football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, whatever. Bring whatever. in your questions here tonight because it's mailbag night. We'll get to them. But we'll just start with this Matt Luke stuff. And Salty already had a question queued up about it. Notre Dame has interviewed Matt Luke for offensive line coach. He would be unretiring if he took the job. How worried would you be that he might abruptly retire again, a la Harry Heastan? I don't – the difference to me is Harry Heastan's kids are grown and gone, right? Uh, this this guy's kids are 11 and 15 years old. I can't imagine that once and, – and I believe they live in Georgia. He was the, he was the coach – uh, based on what I know, he's, he lives in Georgia right now. So he'd be uprooting his family to Northern Indiana from Georgia. And so my guess is he wouldn't want to continue to uproot them over and over again. If he comes, I think he comes for a while. Uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with his family. And if he was already willing to retire once because of his family, I can't imagine that he'd be willing to uproot his family again in order to, you know, uproot them. You know, I, I just don't see that. So yeah. I think if he comes, he's going to be here for a while. I would agree with that. I think the tougher task is going to be getting him out of retirement. He's only 46 years old. So does he already have the itch after just one year away? Um, you know, he was in town this week interviewing for this job. Yes, so I think, that, you know, that that says something. And the ages of his kids is, is what sort of makes me wonder the most would he come out of retirement because sure. it's it's at an age where they're getting you know one is in high school i would assume at 15 yeah. years old and the other is going to be in high you know four years behind so like how how much does he really want to be a part of that i guess because you know as we've talked about before these are college football coaches and you miss a lot when you're a college football coach now i believe his kids are baseball players right so That's what I gathered frees up some time, but there, you know, there's still recruiting commitments and stuff like that in the summer, but at least, you know, if it's, if it's baseball, the summers are a little bit more free sure. for an offensive line coach. Baseball uh, is, is an, a very important aspect of this, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, based on what I know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
and listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You can pull up the next question, actually, from... uh... Salty peanuts because I think it's follow up. Yeah, it's apropos to where I'm going here with choices for schools in South Bend for Luke's 11 and 15 year old children will be very important in Luke's offensive line coach decision. How much power does Penn's Lord of Discipline have? Of course, Vince being the uh, aka the Lord of Discipline. I like that. I have to put that on my door. I kind of like that a lot. Lord of Discipline, (laughs) welcome. (laughs) Uh, what here's what I can tell you. he, the family was at Penn High School. Uh, the family was at Penn High School yesterday. The whole family, um, along with Mrs. Freeman, and they were doing the grand just tour. Just jump right in. All right, I'm not going to cut you off. Go ahead. They they were doing the grand tour, and a very large part of that grand tour was the baseball facility. So you know, we'll see what comes of that. I'm sure that you know Notre Dame is obviously rolling out the red carpet, and they this would be a huge coup for them if they were able to get him to come out of retirement. He's got a national championship on his resume. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm in no way surprised that they're telling showing the family what is available. And Oh, by the way, Penn just won the baseball state championship last year. So they're coming off of a state championship. They have an amazing facility and all turf, you know, facility. So obviously coming from Georgia where you can play year round, you can't quite play year round up here, but Guess what? The way that things have been going this year, they've been outside twice a week, you know, for the last month uh, because they've got that turf facility. So, you know, <laughs> which, which, it, I mean, technically, is that legal this, this it, time it, of year? It is. You can go two times a week for two hours <laughs> okay. at a time. So that okay. is, it is legal. Okay. Uh, Just I check. It. it is. I know. I mm, No comment. But so, so anyway, they did, they rolled out the red carpet. The athletic director was involved, the principal, you know, all the different people. And, and uh, I I was talking to Brian about it yesterday and he's like, dude, that's super smart. He's like, there are multiple coaches on the staff that send their kids to Penn high school. And so they are, they can speak to it from a parent perspective and it just makes a ton of sense. And so, you know, we'll see where things go. This is a young staff overall at Notre Dame. A lot of these coaches have young kids. You know, they they all have high school and below aged kids, right? Uh, McCullough ha- obviously has true. low college, high high school kids. Uh, Bayless, you know, his son goes to Penn. He's a starting running back at Penn High School I mean, most right of these now. guys are in that 30s to 40s range. Right. Like Al so, Golden is the old timer of the group, basically. Right. I mean, I believe Mason and O'Leary, they have young kids, right? So, I mean, a lot of, lot of young family-oriented decisions 
are needed to be made. And if they bring him in, he's 46 years old. He's got two boys that are middle school, high school aged. I mean, roll out the red carpet, show them what they would be moving into. I think that's actually very, very important. So, yeah. I, I, you know, they're doing their job. If he doesn't come, you know, he he didn't, you know, for whatever Not reason. Because he they didn't come. try. Yeah. And I love it. Roll it out, man. Let's see what happens. Go shoot for the stars. Get the best guy that you can. And this is a great opportunity because he's not tied to any program right now. He's literally retired at 46, which is so weird to me yeah. to be retired. At no contract buyouts, none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. No <laughs> obstacles there. Uh, make a run. Was the term. So yeah, make a run at him. And I'm not obviously giving away crazy insider information. Um, you know, it's out there. They're checking everything out. And we all know that it's going to be a family decision. So if it's a family decision, why would you not? you know, check out the school district and all that fun stuff. Right. Anthony says he's predicting Notre Dame hires an offensive line coach with NFL experience like Munchak or Doug Marone. Thoughts See, on that? I mean. And then, well, I, here's here's his follow-up. They can okay. use that fact. They know how to coach the position in the NFL. That could get kids to come to Notre Dame because they have NFL quality coaching position. Sure. That's an angle that you can take. I mean, you could say the same thing about Al Golden, I suppose. He was in the NFL. Is that is that a big selling point? Maybe. You know, uh, Harry Heastan was in the NFL and was not very successful, and yet he was a very good, you know, college offensive line coach, Some of the, one of the best there's ever been. So, yeah. Brandon said he just logged in. Who are we talking about? And uh, we're talking about Matt Luke, former Georgia offensive line coach, 46 years old, interviewed in town this week for Notre Dame's vacant offensive line position, as Vince was just talking about. Family came with him, and they toured out at Penn High School and the whole thing. And, you know, like Vince said, that's where, that's where the Freemans, you know, Vinny Freeman just yeah. placed seventh state for sixth. Penn on the wrestling team. Was it placed, sixth? I thought yeah, it was seventh. It was sixth, and it's the highest a freshman has ever Right, that I knew, but Penn I thought High it was seventh for some Yeah, it was, it was sixth. Um, but either way, it's still – Still impressive because 182 yeah. is a man's weight, man. Like yep. he does not look like a 15 year old. I can promise you that. <laughs> no, I mean when I saw him with Marcus Freeman at the women's game a couple of weeks ago, I kind of thought the same thing. He does yeah, not look. But 15. he is. He is I looked. I, I looked it up. I was like, yeah. man, is, is he just like old for his like grade level? You know, like nope, he's completely legit as far as Brandon the, wants to know what Matt Luke's like. resume looks like. Well, it starts with this: won a national championship at Georgia in his last season as offensive line coach in 2021. Yeah. Then he retired. He retired. Um, did not coach last year, but prior to that, he was at Ole Miss from 2012 through 2017. He was the co-offensive uh, coordinator and offensive line coach at Duke from 2008 through 2011. Coached offensive line at Tennessee for a couple of years at Ole Miss in a first tent prior to that as well. So he's been around SEC a little bit. And I mean, to me, it starts with the national championship ring that he's got on his finger. Yeah, exactly. From, you know, you talk about like similarities to what Notre Dame would let, you know, when Marcus Freeman talks about an offensive line, defensive line, O-line, D-line driven program. I mean, that is what Georgia is. Look at look at what Georgia is. And that's that's essentially mm -hmm. what Notre Dame wants to be. Sure. And so you've got a chance potentially, you know, to to hire a guy who again helped Georgia just win a national championship. I so, love it. Father David yeah. Penny is already throwing me under the bus if this doesn't work out. He says if it doesn't come if he doesn't come, it's because Vince didn't sell Penn well enough. That's what I'm hearing. 
Well, I had nothing to do with it. So <laughs> I was on the outskirts. I don't make the top dollar. You know, I'm not giving the tours, but I'm hearing about the tours. So, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, having another great baseball player, potentially, I don't know if he's good. If they have another baseball player in the school, it'd be fantastic. It'd yeah. be awesome. Absolutely. They've they've got a few out there. They've had them come through there. That they do. Man, I'm looking. Salty's just got all these questions. I know. Like, and it's it's go. funny because some of them are uh, more sarcastic than anything else, which right. I love, by the way. Chi-Town wants to know if we'll have additional coverage of Notre Dame women's basketball getting closer to March Madness. I mean, we can if it's in demand. You know, that's that's kind of how <laughs> that's kind of how we run this ship here. Like we're we're literally, you know. What's everyone most interested in? Well, of course, it's right. Notre Dame football. We'll talk about other stuff if if you guys want to talk about it, but the percentages don't seem to be very, very high. You know, most of the time we spend two minutes talking about women's basketball and we get people start yelling at us because we're boring them to tears already. <laughs> so, but I mean, if by additional coverage, do you mean like, you know, live shows from the hotel room at the, at the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's coming up. That's absolutely <laughs> happening. <laughs> it starts with the ACC tournament next week. That's right. So, that's exactly yeah. right. On location from <laughs> North Carolina. Right. It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to be. Now, I don't know if this is one of the sarcastic ones that Salty had. Notre Dame women's mm. basketball ranked number 10. Do you agree? Should Virginia Tech and Maryland be ranked ahead of Notre Dame? I mean, Maryland beat Notre Dame, so I can't really – quabble with that and they you know they beat UConn as well for that matter and they're playing really well right now I think they beat Ohio State recently you know Ohio State's kind of gone into a a tailspin in women's basketball they got up as high as number two and I think they've already got six losses or something like that right now after they won more than 20 plus games I think to to open the season I've got no problem with Marin I mean obviously Notre Dame here's what's weird about the rankings right now because They've got Virginia Tech at number nine, Notre Dame is number 10, and Duke is number 11. And of course, Notre Dame has the head-to-head win over Virginia Tech, but Duke has the head-to-head win over Notre Dame, and Notre Dame and Duke are tied for first place at the top of the ACC right now, but Virginia Tech is is sitting as the highest-ranked team. It's like, you know, most of those games, they're, they're all two-plus weeks, and in Virginia Tech's case, that was back in December. I believe that, uh, yeah, it was like right after, I think it was in December. Yeah, it was December. It was, it was before Christmas, I believe in in any case, they've got a head to head. It's been so long, you know, the net rankings in the net rankings that the NCAA releases, uh, Notre Dame has been the highest ranked of the ACC teams. And that'll, that'll mean more, you know, when it comes to selections here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I I think, just watching Notre Dame, right? I mean, they were without Ebo for a little while and obviously they had to figure out, you know, how to deal without Mabry. And I think they're starting to kind of figure out who they are without Mabry. And then now Ebo's starting to come back a little bit. I think Notre Dame is going to peak at the right time and they're going to make a run and it's going to be fun to watch. So, I mean, and the first two rounds are going to probably be at home. So that'll be great. And, uh, you know, I'm excited about this team. <laughs> Ryan says, these two choose from the mailbag 50% non-football questions. I didn't come here for anything besides football. Talk football. What are you talking I, about? 
I, we just I, got I, done talking about an offensive line 50 percent non-football questions we're sitting here <laughs> what is it we're 20 minutes into the show i guess technically 15 because we started a little bit late but again we've talked one basketball question and the rest Man. has been football and see this is what happens people complain Harsh. right away because Harsh. you're not talking 100 football See, and Arch. here we go. Dave, can you stop at the Notre Dame? Oh, okay, we got an LOL at the end of that. He's, he's joking. Right. He's joking. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's find some fo- – have you started up hey. any any other football questions There here? hasn't been any. Guys, yeah, that's give us some football questions and we'll answer them. You guys are complaining that we're not talking football. Where are the football questions? We got like a couple of comments about the offensive line coach. This is mailbag night. This is on you. You determine yeah. what we talk about. You dictate so, it, boys. If you're going to complain girls. that we're talking about not football, how about some football questions? Right. That Let's would go. Solve your question or I'm solve waiting. your problem. I'm waiting for uh, for Ryan's football question. Here's Anthony. When Sam Hartman leaves for the draft in 2024 after the season, who's the future quarterback at Notre Dame? I'm wondering as a Hurricanes and Irish fan. I feel sorry for you for that, but go ahead. Hurricanes. Guys. Good Lord. That's a <laughs> definite dichotomy of choice in, in, no uh, in rooting. But uh, hey, Anthony, thanks you for can't the question. Be, you can't be like, there's no way you're over 30, I would imagine, if <laughs> – or even 35, uh, maybe, if that's the case. I Who do I think is going to be the next quarterback? I think it's going to be Tyler Buckner. That's who I think the next quarterback is going to be. And I think that he will have a year, maybe two, as the quarterback at Notre Dame. And then after that, it'll be a battle between Kenny Minchie and C.J. Carr. That's how I yeah. think it will go. Will it go that way? Who the heck knows? Who knows? But I think that's a good possibility. Yeah, that's what I I completely agree with that. I I think that um, it is going to be, you know, Kenny Minchie, freshman. That there'll probably be a competition between those two next year, Buckner and Minchie, which is what you want. But ultimately, Buckner is still going to be the most experienced. How much that matters, I guess, we'll find out. That's that's who I think that I would pick right now as well. I mean, heck, a lot of people were upset when they went out and got Hartman after seeing Tyler Buckner have a good Gator Bowl. So. Yeah. I There's a part of me that felt that way. There was. I, I, I'm i excited to see, and I was excited at the beginning of the year when Tyler Buckner was named the starter and, and what he could do for the whole year. I was devastated when he got hurt and he was out for the season, obviously. And he showed us a flash, you know, in the Gator Bowl of who he could be and what he could become and, you put a few starts under his belt and things like that. I think he'd be a really good quarterback. But then, you know, you have to go out and improve your roster the best you can. You go out and get the number one quarterback in the transfer portal. Okay, like you got to you tip your cap and uh, and hope that Tyler Buckner can be patient and stick around. I concur. I'm looking for other questions. That we, I mean, Tommy I've been, Guns. I've been starring some, but you I've know. seen that Tommy. How much, in your opinions, are the coaches process-driven versus results-driven, and in which aspects of the game for each? Man, That's I mean, you deep. talk about deep. <laughs> <laughs> that process is Process-driven versus results-driven. Well, I feel like Marcus Freeman's staff is more process-driven than the previous staff as a whole. I do feel that way because all we ever heard about in from the last staff was wins, 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 you know, leader in wins, da, 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 da. didn't matter how they got there, they got the wins, right? And at the end of the day, of course, wins are very, very important. 
but they racked up the wins, but they weren't the quality wins. And I believe the process driven will get you those quality wins. And I feel like this younger staff, this different staff, they're more process driven fundamentals, things of that nature than the previous staff who is just about the perfect play, the results, right? That that's how I see this question, Tommy. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like this staff is more about the process and how to get there and let the winning take care of itself as opposed to the other staff. See, like I'm a little, I'm a little torn on this. Cause like, I, I think that you can definitely point to some coaches like that, but like I look at a Mike Elston, for example, I think that guy was definitely process driven. When you look at sure. the development that he had, I think Harry Heastan was very, is very, you know, I guess was since he's retired again very process driven. You know, I think the guys who are who stand out as develop, you know, developmental coaches, I, you can tell the ones who are process driven. You know, like I wonder, you know, I I think I think you have to wonder a little bit about Al Washington when when you look at the up and down nature of the defensive line play. Again, you know, like if you're going to compare him to his predecessor, Mike Elston was much more process driven. I think and like, you know, if you compared Harry, he to Jeff Quinn, he was much more process driven. Um, when you just listening to most of them talk, I think it's there, uh, you know, the process part of it, but there, but there are, there, you know, there are guys like Washington where I guess my jury is still out right now. He's definitely going to have to up his game on the developmental side to, to get me to buy into you know, like he's he's definitely a process driven type guy, I think. Fair enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. That absolutely makes sense. I mean, every every coach has to be a little bit of both. I mean, right. you have to be. And I would say, like, if you're if you're looking at uh if, if you're looking at like levels, like college levels, right? Like your NAIA division three, they're all they're very process driven. They're they're not about wins and losses per se but then you get into the division two division one then it's all about wins you got to be successful otherwise you're gonna lose your job right and so you know you can go that route or if we're just talking notre dame you have to be both because in my opinion the process the process is flawed the wins aren't gonna come you know but right yeah well i see you've started up a bunch of uh recruiting questions so i hope you're ready to answer (laughs) most of these more of the big picture type recruiting okay. questions than right. anything else. This so. is on you. Let's start with Jeff. Any feedback right. on how the offensive coordinator search debacle played with the 24 recruits, especially Carr and Cam Williams? Is Hartman good with how it went down? So, no is the answer because it is a dead period. I know Ryan's been beating the pavement. He's been uh, announcing all of the – excuse me – the uh, offers that are going out there and all of that. So I know he's crazy busy and then with draft stuff as well. But I think in this case, no news is good news as far as I can tell. Like if if recruits had a problem with the way things went down and who was ultimately selected and all of those different things, I feel like we would have heard about it. And we would know that those guys were upset because they'd be like, yeah, we're out. You know, we're decommitting. We're opening it back up, whatever the case may be. I've heard nothing of the sort. So that tells me that things are just fine as far as the recruits are concerned, at least 
the high-level ones that are already committed. I haven't heard anything to make me pause or give me any kind of worry. As yeah. far as Hartman is concerned, same thing. There's a reason that <clears throat> he keeps. we keep seeing videos of Sam Harton busting his ass in the weight room. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, if he was unhappy... He I'm still probably, here. He would probably tell people, <laughs> yeah. like, hey, why don't you cut me out of this? Like, I'll still work out. I'll still, but yeah, you know, he's front and set. Every video I've seen of the weight room and of workout, he's in him, right? And he was at the women's basketball game walking cancer survivors around. So, like, he's not hiding at this point. And someday we're going to get a chance to talk to him and the rest of the offensive guys. They've pushed it back and canceled it twice now. Uh, I have a feeling that, Sooner than later, we'll be able to talk to those guys. We'll be able to ask them. Maybe after Gadouli is official. Good, yeah, because he's and maybe they. God, we may have to wait for the offensive line coach too. I don't know. Yeah, who but, knows? Who knows? Um, yeah, good job by the way on the pronunciation. <laughs> I've been practicing it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I just walk around and every once in a while go Gadouli. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all you got to do. I love it. That's right. Uh, Derek, what's with all the offers we've extended to recruits? Are we just flinging bleep at the wall? I mean, yeah, kind of. But here's the thing. <clears throat> you have to offer a kid in order to really talk to him. It's not like back in the day where you were able to, you know, have all these conversations with guys and, and, and kind of have them right there and, and yeah. say, hey, maybe there's going to be an offer coming or you know, whatever. You have to offer these guys in order to even have a conversation with them. Now, there's a difference between an offer and a committable offer. And we've talked about that in the past, right? So just because these guys are getting offered doesn't mean like, look, ridiculous example. If my kid was offered right now from Notre Dame, I would tell him you're committing right now to Notre Dame. <laughs> but they would tell him it's not a committable offer, but we're offering you and we'll see how it goes kind of a thing, right? right. So these aren't all committable offers. These are just offers to get the conversation moving. And so Notre Dame can get their foot in the door. The offer gets you in the door these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Because they won't even talk to you if they're not like, why would I even talk to you if you're not going to offer me? Right. Right? That's just the way it is. Recruits have way more pull now than they used to have. Yeah. And as Vince just said, this is a dead <clears throat> recruiting period. Right. So that's why it's kind of quiet. Yep. Right now. Uh, Andrew, any truth to a, about a loss of traction with the Chicago recruiting? That one, I don't know. I, I will say I can't imagine that they've lost traction in Chicago. I feel like either Sean Davis or uh, Ryan would tell us if, if Chicago was a problem. I realize there's a very high-rated recruit that Notre Dame is in on on the defensive line out of Chicago, and he's looking other places at the moment. So I get people's trepidation and I don't think Chicago is the strong, the stranglehold that Notre Dame used to have on it, but that's also due to the times. Like people are able from all over the country to get into Chicago now. And it's not just, you know, the local schools that get into Chicago. So I think it's a combination of the two things. I think, you know, Notre Dame's always been nationwide, but I think other schools are becoming more nationwide with just technology and, movement and all that different stuff so um i don't think they're losing traction i just don't think it's as fertile of a ground as it used to be for notre dame sure 
Oh, let me see. There's a few others in here. Shy oh, town has got a men's basketball question. Ooh. And uh, Father David Penny had one as well. Names to recoach to replace Coach Bray. I can't even talk. Bray, when he retires, who do you think Notre Dame will hire? Who do you want them to hire? And, you know, again, Father David Penny, any rumblings about what's going on with the men's team? I just asked somebody the other day. Uh, who's much more connected to that than me. And there's really nothing right now. It's pretty quiet. And I, you know, I think I said this last week. I, uh, I don't think I would be shocked if they go and get a big name for this. I would be completely shocked if, if it's like someone Mm -hmm. that most people have heard of. I, I I think it'll be kind of just like, you know, who had heard of Mike Bray before he got the job 20 plus years ago. I think it'll be potentially along, you know, along those same lines that they go out and get. I don't think it's going to be a big name. I don't think they're going to make a splash with this. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be a no-name guy and maybe less of a no-name than Mike Bray was when he came, right? But it's going to be a no-name guy. It's not going to be a big splash higher than everybody wants because I don't think Notre Dame is all that attractive of a job. And I hate to say that because I love Notre Dame and I love – going to games and I love it when they're competitive, but you're fighting an uphill battle if you're coming to be the coach at Notre Dame. And so what you want to go and get is you want to go get a hungry guy who wants to, you know, hit recruiting hard and, you know, do the hard stuff, right. Do, you know, cause it's not going to be easy, right. They're not going to be putting forth the big NIL money up front. They're, they're, there's just a lot of things that they're not going to do. Now they have a beautiful basketball facility to flaunt it's one of the nicest in the country mm-hmm. from what i can understand and so you've got that in your back pocket which is great and you've got the the degree and you've got all of those things but it's still an uphill climb it just is and so you're gonna have to get somebody who's hungry and a lot of these big name coaches they don't have that hunger anymore because they don't have to they're a big name coach they don't have to have right. that hunger anymore and i don't want to say Notre Dame's not going to pay for a big name coach but I kind of want to say Notre Dame's not going to pay for a big name. I don't think show. they will. I think that's why they won't go for a big name. I, yeah. I don't think that they're willing to. Yeah. You know, like, is they've got a way, if they're going to pay, you know, I don't even know, a couple million a year up front to start mm-hmm. with. I don't even know if, you know, who that gets in the door anymore. But like, if they're going to pay that, they have to weigh. What are our chances of actually filling these seats up on a regular basis? Yeah. Essentially, got to pay for itself. You mm-hmm. know, that's I just look and, and look at where it is right now. There's they've got a ways to go. Now, that's not to say you couldn't bring you know. And again, you know, I brought up the guy at Kansas State right now who was a Baylor assistant coach a year ago, and he's really turned that program around in a year. Now it's easier to get a lot of transfers in at Kansas State than it is at Notre Dame and that's how he has turned it around, but you know, and that's, that's something that Notre Dame, it's not just football, you know, that's, that's something that that's still tough for them is, is the transfer aspect of it. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. I think it's a little easier on the women's side because again, when you look at the difference between the men's game and the women's game, much higher majority of the women come in the door with a, degree seeking desire and they are on track for their degrees regardless of where they you know the academic side tends to be you know much more in line 
with the women's side than the men's side. And yeah. that's why it's easier, I think, for for the women to to bring in some undergrad transfers and stuff like that. Sure. No, absolutely. And and it's just recruiting for the women's game is different than the men's game. There's not a lot of one and dones, hardly any. There's none. That's that's I mean, it. They 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 might leave a little early after three years, maybe. I mean, Notre Dame has obviously experienced that when they've had, you know, big time success. But it's just it's still completely different. So, yeah, it, it's hard. It's it's almost like comparing apples to oranges, you know. And the other thing about the women's game is <clears throat> there's an upper echelon of teams in the women's game. And then there's, I feel like there's a drop off and I think it's gotten a little bit bigger over the years, but I'm say, I mean, you're seeing like, especially, you know, like UConn, UConn lost again last night, by the way, they've lost to St. John's and Marquette wow. this season. They're still, so it's spreading out a little bit. Yeah. They're still up there in the top, you know, five right now, but, the game is changing on Gino, and Gino's getting a little bit older. So I'm really curious to see how long yeah. that whole that that stays around. Because I tell you what, once Gino is gone, I've been to Stores, Connecticut. I don't know who <laughs> else has been to Stores, Connecticut, but the fact that he is able to to get all those McDonald's All Americans to commit, you know, and into stores where there is literally nothing. It is a horse town in stores, <laughs> and the fact that he is able to <laughs> To, you know that he's been able to keep this thing, and I'm not even I'm not even joking. It is a horse town. There's a there's a freaking silo across the street from the school. It is it is it is small of small, and it's been built up. You know, I, we went there last year, and it's been built up in the ten or twelve years. You know, between times that I visited there, there's just nothing in stores, and the fact that he's been able to recruit the way that he has and get those players and and win, I think it's going to fall off once once Gino is done but you know like South Carolina is obviously a power now LSU has become a power since Kim Mulkey has gone there you know Stanford is back up to being a power again Notre Dame is back in the top 10 again with the LI you know they're so they're they're it's it's not a complete you know parody sport but you're you're definitely seeing more teams have legitimate chances over these last few years than you used to have when it was basically UConn in Tennessee, a little bit of Stanford, a little bit of Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame was obviously very competitive getting to Final Fours, but not quite punching through and winning national championships. But yeah. it's 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 definitely evened out because these programs and coaches are just recruiting better than they used to. The the talent is going to some other places right now. All right, I don't even know how to say uh, whatever this is, but he's he's got a super chat for us. <laughs> Vince, given that there hasn't been turmoil in recruiting after Tommy Reese's departure, how does that reflect on his role slash importance to them? Did the position coaches have a bigger role with him there? Well, I think I can answer this twofold, right? I think number one, Notre Dame, and this is going to sound cheesy and corny, and I get it. Notre Dame's a different place. Like kids aren't just going to bail because a coach leaves. And and I and I know that sounds corny, but it's true. Like that that's just not the way most of the time that's not why kids come, right? Yes, to a degree, of course you want to have a good relationship with your coaches and all of that, but I don't see them cutting bait and leaving. Number one, are they gonna leave and go to Alabama? Like they're not gonna leave and go with Tommy Reese. So they're gonna stick around and they're gonna see who his replacement is, you know, that kind of stuff. And and still there's a bigger picture that a lot of these guys look at than just 
who their position coach is. So I think that is mm-hmm. part of it. Their, their head I, coach, their head coach is a lot right. more involved in recruiting. Absolutely. I think yes. it starts with Good that. Call. The head coach is, is a heck of a lot more, you know, like all the, every recruit has met with Marcus Freeman, probably it, to some extent or another, either before they get on campus or as soon as they get sure. on campus, they've, they've connected with Marcus Freeman. That wasn't the case before. Mm-hmm. And I think that that plays a huge part right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and Marcus Freeman is going to do one hell of a sales job to keep guys, if he wants them there, to keep them where they need to be, right? And so <clears throat> I I just don't – I don't know that it was, it's an indictment on Tommy Reese that nobody left when he left. Right. I just don't I, – I don't – that's not one – that not one time that I ever think, oh, my gosh, watch the mass exodus now that Tommy Reese is gone. Like, that never even crossed my mind, and it hasn't happened. So I, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, Lenny, um, Notre Dame won a national championship with seven players in 2018. So I'm not going to feel sorry for Gino Ariema. I'll never feel sorry for Gino. No. Ever. Sorry. <laughs> no. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> That's. I'm sorry. Like, facts are facts. I don't care how many players Gino Ariema's got back. They're all McDonald's All-Americans. It, right. it shouldn't matter what their roster is. If he's, he's got players, he should be able to roll them out there and go. And again, you know, Muffet won a championship with that many players not that long ago. So Yeah, sorry. That's not gonna do anything for me. How it rolls, man. That's that's the breaks. That's that's what it comes down to. And whose fault is it? That's called roster management. <laughs> I mean, did five girls get hurt? I mean, it's possible, I suppose, but at I mean, the same yeah, time. Yeah, they had some injuries. You know, okay. Paige Beckers is, you know, a very important <clears throat> player, but Nothing you can do. Sometimes players get hurt. Notre Dame right. would like right now would like to have Dara Mabry out there. Exactly. They would have liked to have you know Lauren Ebo out there. All you know they've they've had some bumps of their own as well. Being with that, a couple of players. Yep. So, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jay Wick, going back to what we were talking before. As long as Vince's kid doesn't say he'll commit to Notre Dame, flirt a little, and then commit to Oregon. I mean, I'm always looking for the bag. Okay. I was gonna say. So... How big is that? How big is that stack of cash? That's what just Vince saying. is going to be looking at. I, but for some reason, I just don't see kickers bringing in the bag. I just don't see it happening. But what can I say? We'll come back. Patrick Hennessy asking about Matt Luke as an offensive line coach. We started the show talking about that, but I know we've had some more people join in uh, the live chat since then. You know, we started off talking about Matt Luke. He interviewed here. At Notre Dame, won a national championship in 2021 with Georgia, then retired and was not with Georgia this year, but 46-year-old, um, one year in retirement, as we talked about, young family. I think that this would be as big a home run hire as you could yeah. get, basically, if you if you got him to come out of retirement and, and move his family up here to South Bend, Granger, wherever it happens to be. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and, you know, We've gotten excited about home run hires in the past, so I'm not going to put the cart before the horse, obviously, but I think his resume speaks for itself. I think not only is he a good offensive line coach, not only did he coach in a scheme that I think Notre Dame would prefer to be overall when we're talking about Georgia, but he's got coordinating experience. He was an interim head coach. Like He's got that experience piece too. So, I mean, as far as home runs are concerned, I think this one checks a, a heck of a lot of boxes when it comes to an offensive line coach. I think so as well. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We talked about this one a little bit last night in Rapid Fire, but you weren't here. Jesse and I talked about this. We'll get your take on it. Opinion on college football potentially changing the clock rules. So, and I don't know if you've you've read all this or seen I've it all. I've heard about it. Yeah, I have heard about it. So they have a couple of different proposals on the board. One doing away with the clock stopping on for you know, when you get a first down. Sure. Uh, you know, keep the clock running there. And the other is after an incomplete pass. The clock would stop on the incomplete pass, but as soon as the ball is spotted, it starts back up again. So what do you think huh. about these potential changes? I am totally fine with the clock not stopping after a first down, especially for the first three and a half quarters of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that really elongates the game, uh, and I I don't see the point. Now, last two minutes or something along those lines, I am fine with it because I like that. I, I think it adds to the game. I, I do. So stopping the clock after a first down, maybe the last two minutes of the game, maybe the last five minutes of the game, maybe the whole fourth quarter. I don't know. But I do like that towards the end of the game. But the first three quarters of the game, no, completely unnecessary. As far as stopping the clock on an incomplete pass, I don't like that. I like having this clock stoppage at that point because – Because even in the NFL, you're stopping the clock. Yeah, and – you're not going to have spikes anymore, like to stop the clock. Like, cause right. that's an incomplete pass. You know, I mean, th- there's a lot of other things that would change if that was the case as well. You, I don't know. Would you even be throwing the ball away? Like there, there, there's just a lot of things that I, I wouldn't like if that happened. So I'm still okay with an incomplete pass stopping the clock. Yeah. I like the caveat that you throw in there with like the under two minutes, maybe for the first down, you know, and that kind of thing. It, it, the, the, the bigger thing, what's grabbing the headlines is they're trying to speed the games up. And again, like looking at some of the, the details that's come out of some of these reports, it's not just speeding the game up. It's speeding the game up, but they're also essentially trying to eliminate plays. Because when the college football playoff expands to 12 teams in two years, you're going to be you're you're going to have teams playing 16 to 17 games potentially if they get to the national championship game. So if you with these two changes, which keeps the clock moving, the average per play in a college football game right now, it's like 188 plays on average total, For you know, total, between the okay. two teams. Yeah. And they're saying you can eliminate, you know, between 20 and 30 plays per game by making these rule changes, which over the course of the entire season is the equivalent of more than one full game of plays that you're eliminating. So it's like wear and tear on the body. Okay. And that kind of stuff. So like when I look at it from that aspect, I'm, I'm, I'm much more 
much more open to hearing some of these changes because again you are you know not not everyone is going to play those full 17 games but the ones who do are going to be the elite teams and you know like sure. we were just talking about players getting hurt in basketball and players obviously get hurt in football as well so you're trying to kind of take some wear and tear off some of these guys here's here's what i'll say to that and call me a conspiracy theorist it wouldn't be the first time I don't think it has jack to do with player safety. I think it has to do with wanting it to fit into a three-hour window like the NFL. I think <laughs> I think this is driven by the TV markets, and they want it to be a three-hour window so they can get from point A to point B and move on. Because right now, I think the average college football game is like three and a half hours. That's too long. And I agree with that. I think it's too long. You know, and I, I think I just TV, never think you're gonna get it to three. Like, cause even the NFL is more than three hours right now. It's like I think the different like NFL is three hours and 10 minutes. College is closer to three hours and 25 minutes. And that's on average. Sure. Like, I'd like to see, you know, like, I need to sit there with uh, with our stopwatch and time, you know, like what a Notre Dame game actually comes out to. And, you know, like, part of this as well is like, okay, if you want to do this stuff, well, how about you just eliminate that 10-minute window or 12-minute window at the start of the game when you're going to say, you know, when you say you're going to start at 3.30, but you're going at 3.40 or 3.42 because you want to get in extra advertising at the front with your, you know, your open and your little pregame and all that stuff. How about actually get in, start the game on time, and keep it moving? That would help quite a bit as well. That would be huge, but I'll tell you what, that 10 or 12 minutes or whatever have saved me getting to the game on time. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, it's all about me. Right. That's right. Yeah, nope. John is right. Halftime is twenty minutes yeah. in college football, twelve minutes in the NFL. That's true is as that well. All it but is in like, the NFL, twelve minutes. I I think that instant replay has a bigger impact. You know, because before not instant replay, but you know, replay review. You know that that has had a bigger impact. I think, especially oh, yeah. on that, that is what I think drastically needs to change in college football is just go to a coach's challenge system. We've talked about it. Oh before. yeah. Go to we're going to talk about it today in the, uh, in rapid fire. We're going to, yeah. we're going to, we're going to touch right. on it. Thanks for, thanks for reminding me of that. I won't, I won't spill it all right here, but like even, you know, that three hours and 10 minutes for the NFL, they, you, they literally, I, I remember growing up, it's like those games living in central time. The, the early game would start at noon, like unless it went overtime, it was like it was done before three o'clock and you were yeah. out and you were right on to kick off of the next game. And yeah. now they've got all these extra windows because all the replay review and all that stuff has has, you know, moved the game time, you know, is, has expanded game times and all that. Yeah. I think I think that's had as big an impact as anything. The games are way too long. And you're right. The college review system is broken. It's broken. It's, yeah. it's and it was broken from the get-go so that needs to be fixed and tightened up yes yeah. salty said someone needs to put the review officials on the clock i've always thought that there needs to be a time limit like yes you need to say if we're going to review this from the time you start looking at the video you've got whether it's two minutes three whatever there needs to be a maximum you can't just keep going over you can't some of these reviews take five plus minutes it seems like yep way too long it's ridiculous. way too long and then a lot sometimes they even added an additional commercial break because of it no it's too long mock also wants to know should notre dame be concerned with the new college football playoff where the top four 
conference winners get buys? Are they planning on having caveats with the ACC? No, I don't think that Notre Dame should be concerned about it at all. And I realize uh, this is not the most popular name in the world to bring up right now, but Jack Swarbrick did a good job of negotiating this 12-team playoff, I think. I think he did a great job. He knew that in order to stay independent, he had to give something up. And so he gave up the first-round bye by not being a conference champion. Big deal. Notre Dame doesn't have to play in the conference championship. Yeah, the, the That's teams, your bye. The teams that are the four teams that are going to have buys will have played in conference championship games. Correct. And so Notre Dame is not going to play in a conference championship game. So they just accepted. Well, we're not going to have to play that extra game. So we'll accept the fact that we're not going to get a buy, which is this. great. I, I think yeah. that that is very smart, frankly, and it also preserves their independence for the very near future. And probably beyond. And so all that Notre Dame has to do now is they have to be either, what, five, six, seven, or eight. That's your goal if you're Notre Dame. You want to be five, six, seven, or eight so that you get to host that first round game. Mm-hmm. If that's the way that they're going to do it, and from everything I've heard, they are. I want Notre Dame hosting a game in December. That's what I want. And if you're five, six, seven, or eight, that's exactly what you're doing. So. Right. That's your window. That's the area that you're aiming for, right? The five, six, seven, or eight. 